Desolation Radio with Dan and Nath. Hiya. Are you alright? Pretty good. You okay? <laughs> Proven of last week. Oh, you've asked me how I'm doing. Uh, Off air, Nathan just said he doesn't like any... No, no, you said, you, you said I don't like chit-chat. I said I don't mind it. Don't mind it. No, sorry. Take it or leave it. Yes, yeah, chit-chat, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Banal, you... banal pleasantries. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's enough of the Oxbridge, ple- Oxbridge pleasantries. Um, <laughs> Alright, so we're on part four now of our sort of series on the Welsh economy. Yeah. And as ever, because, well, I'm personally massively out of my depth talking about the economy, we're joined by a guest, and we're delighted to be joined by Mr. Tegid Roberts. Uh, Tegid's a businessman and consultant. He's got a startup at the moment, which has been sort of bought, I'm looking at Tegid, not in, by a company in uh, the United States. So he's got expertise in international trade. Uh, he's got background in engineering, worked for Sony for many years as well. Uh, he also enjoys long walks no, and, and sunsets. <laughs> How are you doing, Tegan? All right? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, really glad to have you on. So the context for this, you know, we I, when we started this podcast, I didn't think I'd be talking about the economy all the time because it's one of the things I'm I'm not particularly hot hot on. But it's obviously something that keeps coming up in Wales for obvious reasons. The immediate context for this podcast is that was it yesterday? Was it today? You know, yesterday, Jason Mohammed had a um, call-in show on. BBC Radio Wales, which is about discussing Welsh independence, and one of the main questions that kept coming up, that Jason and all the other producers and everyone ringing, ringing in was talking about was, if Wales was independent, you know, can we, can we afford it? Is Wales and the, and the sort of the, the theme that constantly arises that Wales is too poor to be independent? Um, so, what do you think about that, David? <laughs> well, I, I, whether you believe in independence or not for Wales, you know, I think we all agree that the the Welsh economy is weaker than it needs to be. We're not raising enough tax to cover our spending. Our spending is 30-something billion, yeah. and we're raising something like 19 billion. So there's a gap there. That's the gap that keeps people kept 11, 12 billion gap, something like that. Most of that gap is down to um, our wages. Our wages are lower than they should be. Mm. Because our wages are lower, income taxes are lower, and also more people are claiming um, in-work benefits. Yeah. So the gap is in some ways a consequence of, of the poor economy in the first place. Yeah. yeah. So if you have higher but, wages then... But we're also, paying, we're also paying about six and a half billion in pensions as well. Okay. So the state pension payout in Wales is high, six and a half billion. So and that's a pretty difficult thing to, to get rid of. Mm. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to get rid of that easily. The fastest way for, for Wales to improve its economy is to try and increase people's wages. So instead of doing what the Welsh Government seems to be doing for years and years now, which is to go after jobs, any old job, yeah. is to go after the higher quality jobs. Higher quality jobs are better paid. The better pay means higher income taxes. And it also means people, when they're pushed up higher, will will make less um, uh, demand on in-work welfare payments. Interesting. Yeah, like tax credits and stuff like that. And the only way we're going to get that up is if we increase productivity. So that, and the way we'll get productivity up is if people are better qualified, better trained, and if we actually automate our economy more. Okay. Yeah. So each person working in the economy in Wales, you know, has the kit, has the technology, whether it be software or hardware or robots, and um, you know is generating more output per person 
And if they're generating more output per person, we can pay them better. Because they've got some specialist skill. Sure. Um, and that could be anything from engineering straight through to, you know, people working in, you know, massive financial services places. You know, you, you look at how many people are being made redundant out of the banks now. Well, the businesses aren't dying, are they? So, what, what the jobs are going, but the businesses are continuing. Why is that? Well, because they're being automated. Mm. The, those roles, those very, very repetitive roles, are being automated out using software and very large computer systems. Briefly, just before we go on to, I mean, basically, Tegid were um, an excellent, I think, kind of like a mini manifesto back, in, you know, back in the day, or like a recipe for improving the Welsh economy. A number of steps, which we'll talk about now. But briefly, you said about you know, the people talk about the funding gap between the money that Wales receives and then the money we sort of generate hmm. um, and whatever it is, 10 billion, 12 billion or what it's a lot of money. But you know, it's important to note that as you've done, is that the expenditure, that the gap is expenditure that's shared right across the UK. Like you said, it includes yeah. London Crossrail, yeah. you know, the armed forces, the banking bailout. So these are maybe areas where we could yeah. costs. These are allocations, so there's money that is spent in Wales, you know, like the Welsh Government has a budget of 16 billion and we can be just so, and, yeah. and we can be pretty sure that every penny of that is spent in Wales. Yeah. But the UK Government allocates on a population basis amounts of money for things like, as you say, for our, you know, our defence, our MOD, yeah. um, for border control control the amount of money we are still paying for bailing out the banks yeah now, you know no no single uk bank is headquartered in wales needed a bailout that can't be said of edinburgh and it can't mm. be said of london so we're we're being allocated amounts of money to bail out banks that were nothing never to nothing to do with us apart from we having branches here yeah. well that we well we did those are increasingly declining so the point is when people say X amount of money, yeah. 50 billion or whatever, look, is spent on Wales. You have to look at the allocation and say, is that a reasonable amount of money? Yeah. And then if you compare the amount of money spent per head on, let's say, the Foreign Office or something mm. like that, with how much Ireland spends per head, yeah. or Finland, or mm. Estonia, is it a reasonable amount of money? So that block of money people claim is spent on Wales includes things which, as you said, we either don't use or maybe don't need, so the gap might not be as big as everyone makes it out to be. Yeah. Nonetheless, there's no getting around the fact that our economy is weak. So let's go through weaker, weaker, weaker. Our economy is weaker. Yeah. Let's go through your recipe for success. Go on. Then. <laughs> I don't remember what it was now. All but right. Carry on. Discuss uh, secret herbs and spices. Yeah. yeah it's probably blends. fairly naive as well. <laughs> About three well, you, you can go through and you yeah, know and, yeah. and update it maybe. Yeah. So. What can we do to support and grow Welsh businesses, manufacturing, things like this? The first one you said is supporting large cornerstone companies yeah. in Wales. Um, so you said you, you've written, <laughs> I kind of like reading it back to you, and I, I hope I don't, um, <laughs> you know, I hope, I hope it, it's, it doesn't sort of put you off that you know, I'm telling you that you've said this or whatever. Um, so you said the key focus. It's like a court or something, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. You said <laughs> December 11th, 2014. Um, the key and, I, fo- and I quote: <laughs> no, the key focus for us in Wales to collectively up our game with financial support from the government and technical support from local consultancies, universities, col- colleges. 
We're supporting the Welsh Government local businesses, large companies that service capital equipment in Wales could be encouraged to look for manufacturing here. Yeah. Explain, please. <laughs> right, so if we're going to do manufacturing in Wales, it's either going to have to be highly automated, mm. yeah, like the Raspberry Pi. Uh, Raspberry Pi is highly automated. In order to get the, the price cheap enough, can we just interject? People listen, you know, Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi is that small, tiny little computer that Sony make, but are sold globally and are a big cult thing. I was so glad you interjected because I was going to go ahead with just assuming. I was like, we've got a big pie factory. Yeah, yeah. but I was like, I was like, I did, who knew the pastry then, was so based on automation? So you know? I mean, so looking at like, oh, I, we need I, a bigger I, slice of the pie. Yeah, all We're the still hands. Yeah, I was thinking like I was going to, yeah, going to really put my foot in it later. So like, why, why, why do they need like robots to put the raspberries in it, but you don't need robots for the apples in there, the pies? Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so back to the actual the raspberry pie. Sorry. Yeah, so if we're going to do if, we, if you're going to do high high volume manufacturing in Wales, it's going to be highly automated because our cost of our people are more expensive than in China or in Indonesia or Malaysia or something like that. So the sort of manufacturing we will be doing with people is high value manufacture. So you know, Sony build broadcast cameras. Each camera is fifty k. Yeah or we're building aircraft wings up in Broughton, mm -hmm. or we're building engines or you know car parts or stuff like that, things with relatively high value. And high or, skill. Or tanks like General Dynamics up in Medford. Yeah. yeah. So those things are, you know, are they two or three million a pop. Just um, completely non-seditious like inquiries. Um, they haven't got like the fully formed tanks in that factory. Are they ready to go like yeah. just in case someone was, no? <laughs> It's Alan Caffilly, that one, isn't it? No, it's General There's Electric. What, the General, well, they, they do, so they do jet engines. G hmm. in near Caffilly do jet engine maintenance. That's a big business for Wales, the maintenance of aircraft and jet engines in particular. That's highly skilled work, you know, it's very, very high value work. If everybody in Wales was doing that, Not we'd be worth a fortune. Not something you can just do in your garage, like. No. I've been trying for a while, And that's why we need big, businesses in Wales, you know, people say, oh, we don't need big businesses in Wales, but we do, we do, because they do that sort of big thing, and currently Wales isn't, we don't do anything like that. I'm going to rewind a little bit, just to, actually what I should have said, preface this, you've said, I've you, said, you, you said, you said that, you know, <laughs> in, in, your, in your opinion, one yeah. of the main areas for growth, or potential growth in the Welsh economy, is manufacturing, so that, yeah. that is why we're, we're, we're strong on it anyway, yeah, yeah. So we manufacture about 20 odd percent of our economy's manufacture. UK have over the UK in total, it's about 10 percent. In, in Germany, it's 25, 30 percent. Japan, 25 percent, something like that. Yes. So you know, it's a good, good, solid thing we do in Wales manufacture. So you said large companies that service equipment in Wales could potentially be encouraged to also manufacture here. Yeah. So. G service jet engines. Okay, yeah. Why don't they build jet engines? Yeah. yeah? So that they take it is complicated to maintain and strip a jet engine and put new parts in it as it is to make one. Because in previous shows and what we talked about with Calvin and Mark is and one of the things I've sort of claimed in the past that well as you know the the manufacturing process there's research and development tends to be focused in high skill sort of hubs, you know, like London, things like that. Yeah. Um, 
is there not? I mean, is that down to perception? You know, I mean, they'll fo- would they will would for example, GE focus the manufacturing of like engines in a, an area, for example, with you know more educated workforce or skilled workforce. But not necessarily the, the manufacturer. I mean, um, because typically the jet engine design would be a global. Yeah. They would yeah. be building them. They will be designing them for a global market, mm. and then they will be building them in the markets that they want to serve. So, okay. you know, so the ones for the European market that the jet engines they're trying to sell to Airbus, for instance, will be manufactured in Europe. Yeah, like Rolls Royce manufacture engines manufactured in in the UK, Bristol area. But it makes sense, as you said, doesn't it, yeah. to have. There's no reason why we can't make them here. You know? And why not have the servicing and the manufacturing as well? Yeah. Located close together in the first place. I don't. I never really understood the logic of that other than cost, which are about wages. That's what is that? Why they don't do it, or is it about perception of? Well, I don't know why G puts uh, a jet engine repair, you know, service alone. I, I don't know. Yeah. I know the guy who put it there. He's <laughs> he's he's my business partner in America. Actually. Okay. He's the guy who put it in years and years mm. about twenty five years ago. Did anyone notice? Just snuck in. Mm. Yeah, I did. There. Yeah. And then there was just big, snap. big suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure. But, but I'm sure that there is. You know, there must be a logic behind you know the location of the different sort of points on the manufacturing thing. As you said, you got wings manufactured in Broughton, yeah. and then whatever the other part that is 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 located in France. Bordeaux and one of the other ones. So I apologise sincerely to all. The listeners would that be another, be another case like you know, why not build a why not have another facet of the assembly process in Broughton like why why would you split it all up well typically split it up I mean the the the, the wings built in um, Airbus in Broughton are designed in Filton in Bristol yeah there's no reason why they couldn't be designed in, mm. in North Wales typically you just need a you know a cluster of yeah highly educated people yeah but there's no reason why those people can't be highly educated from, you know, Liverpool, Manchester, um, Glyndwr University. There's no reason, is there, really? No. Um, so how do you, I mean, how would research and development companies be supported in you know, manufacturing things in Wales? How do you attract these, how do you incentivize people to move here? You need a good, you need some good engineering departments okay. so for instance Swansea engineering departments is really very good mm. you know and it's done a new campus now um, it's doing all sorts of collaborations with industry to try and get more and more research and development people into companies so they're not just as they call them screwdriver operations where they yeah. they receive the the plans but they actually do the R&D on site Sony Penn Coid is starting to do R and D there again. They used mm. to do R and D for the, the TV business. What's yeah. R and D? Research, research and development. Uh, right. Yeah. So research is the sort of the more um, blue sky bit, um, but the development is is where they try and commercialise it, turn turn their intellectual property into something you can make. And uh, the R and D for the TV business for Europe used to be in Sony Penn Coid. Then, for for reasons beyond me, they moved it to Basingstoke. But that's and, interesting. So and sucked like 40, 40 really good engineers out. So just to sort of clarify this a bit for listeners, basically within a company, as Tegan said, the research and development 
tends to be clustered where the, the highly educated population is yeah. in general and that and unfortunately that generally doesn't tend to be in Wales well or that's did, used apparently. to be the case but I think it's I think more and more I mean you know Admiral Insurance they'll have an R&D team somewhere yeah. Yeah, within the, within that organisation, IQE, the semiconductor people, semiconductor wafer people in Cardiff, they've got they do all their R and D in Cardiff, and they're yeah. a global they're a glo- glo- global business mm. headquartered in Cardiff, with operations all over the world, Singapore, US, everywhere, China, everywhere. Now, IQE is a you know that's a big business. So it can be done. Yeah, it can be done. Yeah, but we need more engineers and scientists coming out of the universities in Wales. So if I'm growing up in Wales, I'm a kid, I'm growing up in Wales, I want to go to university, I need to have an engineering course local, yeah. don't I? Of course, yeah. I don't want to go to York or Manchester or, or somewhere like that. I want, I need, you know, I want to go and do electronic engineering in Bangor or, or Swansea. And then they And then go and work locally then. Yeah, that, it sort of feeds yeah. into... Yeah. It's all part of the same thing. Otherwise, we're exporting our eighteen-year-old kids. And once you get a job in in Oxford or Cambridge, you know Silicon Fen, as they call it in Cambridge. Yeah, you're not coming back without a really good reason. Absolutely. So the first thing, the first idea essentially is to encourage manufacturing companies to source as much of the supply chain here as possible, yeah. including research and development. Yeah, and not just uh, service. And as you said building it all as well yes okay next rest next step right support for small and medium-sized businesses right what you, did i say all right you said small and medium business small small and medium enterprises here whose owners want to sell an established and profitable business should have the option to be bought via a management buyout with help from a welsh development bank well, well, way ahead of the game there Whoa. way Whoa. ahead of the game and you said this would allow business to continue in wales so you know, explain that a bit more first, please. Right, so you set up a business, you know, you might set it up in your 30s, and by the time you're in your late 50s and 60s, you're thinking, I, I've had enough of this, I want mm. to retire, I want to pass it on to my to the family, or I want to sell it to to the employees, or I just want to just sell it. Because it's my son. pension, it's my pension. Yeah. want to liquidate it. Yeah. <laughs> and what typically happens in, in Wales is it gets sold outside of Wales. Okay. You get a trade sale, and then what happens? The business finds its way over the border mm. or outside. And, and what we don't seem to have in Wales is these, you know, fairly large, you know, medium-sized businesses. What the Germans call the Mittelstadt, which um, got a word for everything. Aren't they? they have, awesome. yeah, Mittelstadt, like family-owned business. Okay. And um, that can then grow from generation to generation. And we don't, we don't do that very well in Wales. So you talked about the Welsh Development Bank. Yeah. I mean, that's, as you said, that's something that, I think Adam Price has spoken about that as well. He has, and Dolan Jones Evans and, you know, Roger Maggs and various people. And and actually, Finance Wales, who are over there, aren't they? Down the road. Yep. They're supposed to be, you know, developing and putting a plan together for this now. So please explain, you know, firstly, you know, what a development bank is. Yep. Secondly, why we need one. For Wales, well, a development bank tends to look longer term, much much longer term. So, development banks in Germany um, typically invest in businesses at different stages of their life, and they will take an equity stake 
Mm-hmm. Right? They'll buy shares in the business or they'll you know loan. But the idea is that those businesses are, are provided finance and capital and expertise as well. Mm. You know, over the lifetime of the business, you know, we, we might have, a, you know, in Wales, we might have some startup money, or we might be able to get a relatively small loan from the bank. But when the business gets to a certain size, where, you know, where do we get our growth capital from? That's interesting. And the development bank, yeah, as I say, typically takes a much longer term view than venture capital, who that will be focused on, you know, very, very defined five-year period short-term profit of the shareholders yeah which is fine which is fine you know and that's you know gets things off the ground but what happens after that you know does it do you sell the business do you float it on the stock market what what happens so a development bank would would but it for instance in germany right in germany when european funding comes you know erdf funding it doesn't go to a government department like WEFO, mm. you know, Welsh European Funding Office, it, which is part of the Welsh government, it goes to the development bank. And then the development bank then makes the decision, do I finance that road? Do I finance that business? Do I finance that project? Okay. You know, rail, rail infrastructure. The, the bank makes the decision. That's quite different from the way we're doing it here. So who makes, it, who makes it, those decisions at the moment in Wales? WEFO does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, until the money runs out. Yeah, which it will. Which it will. Okay. That's called driving stand there, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, and pitch. Yeah. Um, is there not a danger? I mean, this is going off topic, topic slightly, hypothetically. Is there not a, what, um, or actually, how autonomous then do you think that the bank should be from the government? And for example, when it comes to questions like that, should we finance it? Is there tension? Is there ever a tension? Or could you ever see a tension between like what the bank wanted to do and what the, the government will, would want to do? Yeah, definitely. There's always a tension there. Yeah. So what, one of the things you could do is, if there was a development bank in Wales, then why not lo- all the local authorities own a share of it? So if all the local authorities own a share in it, just a share, they don't get make any decision-making powers, mm-hmm. but they benefit from the profit that is generated. Um, and then the rest of it, you float on the market. Okay. So the control of the bank is held with the local authorities in Wales. But if you... If you put some of it on the stock market, then you can raise capital then and then use that money to invest in Wales, in infrastructure, in businesses, all sorts of projects. You gave an example in Lower Saxony in Germany. I was yeah. going back to the Germans as an example of how to do things. You said the state government owns 20% of the Volkswagen Group. Yep. Yeah. Um, and has seen, obviously, a state grow and produce dividends for, which, for decades, which go to the the gov- state government, so yeah. they're not going to the shareholders, they're going to the state government, which is presumably reinvested back in. Second to that, if Volkswagen want to close a factory in, in Lower Saxony, there's a really big cornerstone investment by the local government that will lean on them and say, do you think that's a good idea? Yeah, we have ways of being very persuasive. Indeed. Um, but is that, I mean, but that's different, isn't it? Because Volkswagen is obviously a German company. Yeah. How do you foresee the relationship between like the Welsh development bank with our already established, let's say, foreign companies in Wales, like Sony, what are the other ones, Airbus, things like that. I mean, would they be okay with, you know, these local authorities or, you know, um, indirectly having a controlling stake in, in them or? Well, they wouldn't need a controlling stake in Ford or Sony or something like that. No, no. 
the the controlling stake in Volkswagen is or a stake in a Volkswagen. Stake, I mean, not, sorry, not controlling sorry. a stake in Volkswagen is is just historical. It's, okay. it's where Volkswagen are headquartered. Yeah. Okay. So if we if we were to set up a new Google in you know in Paris somewhere, yeah, and it would and the development bank had supported that business over you know a couple of decades, yeah, you know, and by buying shares in it, and you know, why not? Yeah. But it but it will be harder maybe for the companies that are yeah. already established and not from yeah. that aren't from Wales naturally. Yeah. So naturally, but you said you know what if Cardiff Council had con- owned a non-controlling stake in Admiral, exactly. Admiral Rights Creation. You said, you know, think about what that would be worth to local economy today. It would be priceless. They gave them a million quid. When they came, they gave them a million quid and office space. Without any... Yeah, st- they gave them a grant. So what if that million quid had been, you know, 1% of Admiral? It'd be, it would be worth a lot. It would be worth, you know, about, about, what, 20, 30 million now. So all that money and, and help, Mm. So all the money and help the Welsh government does give these businesses, it's never asking for any any sort of stake in it. Just cheaper carriage. Any, ret- any returns or anything like No, that. no return. What they're looking for is job security or job creation. Because well, that's again, that's the game. Because that gets political capital. Yeah. Interesting. Next. Infrastructure for support for Welsh businesses. Right. Um, we need better links between North and South Wales. Obviously, uh, you're from Wrexham originally. I'm from Wrexham, yeah. I did my PhD in Bangor. I used to go back and forth from Porthcawl to Bangor about once every fortnight, which took from door to door easily over six hours, which is absolutely insane. Whereas you can get from Porthcawl to London in just about, what, two and a half? Porthcawl to Manchester or Liverpool in like three or four hours. I mean, everyone's got, well, everyone who's ever tried to travel to North Wales or if you've ever tried to travel to Aberystwyth you will know how appalling the Welsh yeah. transport infrastructure is. And obviously, that's, what impact does that have, a, have on the economy? Well, it means that if you're growing up in the middle of Powys or in the middle of North Wales and you want to get a job, you, you tend to end up living near the A55 or you live near the M4. Mm. It's as simple as that. And that's why Unless you're farming. And that's why everything's agglomerated around... Yeah. The A fifty five and like the sort of Chester Wrexham area and yeah. um Flincher in North East Wales and around the M four corridor in South Wales and there's not much in the middle. Yeah. So does that impact on well, why Wales is so sort of like unevenly that sort of businesses everything so unevenly distributed? Yeah, it does. I mean Powys is the largest county in Wales, but it has a but I think it has the smallest or nearly the smallest population. Mm. I and mean, that's nuts. You know, Powys is is a huge, huge county with no one, nobody living there. Hardly anybody living there. You know, that doesn't make sense. And the reason why is because the road infrastructure, is, in particular, is very poor. You said we need to consider tunnelling. Yeah. Like the Swiss do, you know, like yep. boring straight through. I've always fancied that. Like, why yep. not? People say we can't build a north-south rail because of the mountains. Well, why not just tunnel just through? Sticking, that's what the French, French, and the French and the Swiss do. Yeah. I mean, the Swiss have just opened an absolutely enormous thirty-five-mile tunnel. Awesome. Or from Switzerland through to Italy, in order to get all so it's many over. trucks, get the trucks off the roads and going through the mountains, and get the the the, the haulage onto rail. Oh yeah, and they they go under under roads as well at some point. They, they go under the they go under they go through the mountain. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell Welsh people they can't build tunnels. That's nuts. I Absolutely, mean, we've been yeah. building tunnels for centuries. The first. You know, the first rail tunnel in the world w- went under the Bristol Channel. 
You know, if you've ever been to the Norwig power station in North Wales, it's got 20 miles of tunnel in the mountain in order to put this massive hydroelectric thing there. We can build tunnels. I love tunnels. It, I actually love the idea. I built three yeah. of them, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> tunnels all the way through the Earth's crust from yeah. get from one pole to the other. I uh, did. So if, we, so, so if we're going to do this, if we're going to do this metro that goes all the way to South Wales metro that goes all the way to Method. Why, why can't we build a tunnel that goes from Merthyr straight through to Brecon mm. and then and then build a, a rail infrastructure from Brecon up to North Wales? Yeah. Why? I was talking to Jerry Holford, the, the economist, mm. not long ago. I see him every couple of weeks. And he said, well, the Swiss just go to the IMF and say, we need thir- you know, 10 billion quid. Speed. Yeah, we need 10 billion quid. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of picks, pickaxes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they just and they just do it. And they just do it. Whereas we will talk about it for establish twenty a commi- years. Establish a committee, number one. Yep. Um, pay the committee loads and loads of money to publish loads it. and loads of things. Um, and then maybe fifty years down the line something will be no. done. Is that I mean, again going off topic, that seems it has to be unique, the sort of the the innate Welsh capacity to talk about things and deliberate over things without ever actually doing something. I mean, like, I did a talk in the Senate yesterday about the public sphere, and it's striking looking through the, the task and finish documents, which are excellent, by the way. They're really it's good work. But you've got clear recommendations outlined by the committee in 2012, which were the result of a lot of good research by them and loads of expert evidence. You know, 2017, still no closer to doing any of these things. It's just like... I don't understand the recommendation made in 2012 and just nothing and that's it they make recommendations nothing happens then five years down the line oh the problem comes up again and then you just establish another committee and the mistake is calling them task and finish because when they finish the report they think that's that's it that's enough we've made recommendations yeah we made recommendations we wrote the report we finished you know, well, that's, that's, that's the starting point it's in, unless you implement it that, that report is meaningless Absolutely meaningless. Is that because of um, you know we've developed a political culture because we've got um, well I say if I mean this is my personal take on it because of the lack of powers I think there's an institutional sort of timidity and an assumption that all we can do is that you know all we can do is make recommendations and think and then it comes up against a brick wall when we find oh actually we would need more powers if we wanted to ever do that so it's almost a political culture is is just that establishing committees talking about problems which we then say oh well we can't solve that so let's just go back to talking about it powers over what over well, if, if we're talking about infrastructure we have got powers over you know re- road transport in wales haven't we hmm. we've got the ability to raise a certain amount of money to do a project but not enough probably to do you know a tunnel you know a couple of couple of billion quid to build a tunnel maybe it's twice as expensive to Build a tunnel than it is to build a road. Yeah. yeah, and you have to build a road for the tunnel as well. So where's double that? whammy? Yes, yeah, so that's I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe we don't have the, the the powers. We definitely don't have enough powers over rail. Yeah. So the the rail infrastructure spend in in Wales is woeful, absolutely mm. woeful in comparison to spending twenty five thirty billion on crossrail. I mean. That's a project. The uh, the rail. And the guy that runs that project is a Welsh guy. So why can't we do it? I'll um I'll link on the Twitter and Facebook page 
uh, linked it, but there's an amazing article that I read in Planet the other day about the sort of carpet bagging nature of the sort of British privatised rail industry, which is basically just the slush fund that we keep paying into, and shareholders keep getting mm. rewards for, and in exchange, we get the worst, possibly the worst rail service in the developed world. I mean, it has to be. I'm convinced that. I mean, I've been, I mean, I've been around Europe. Like a lot now, watching like Wales and football, yeah. and I always like the main thing: jump on the tram, jump on, the, jump on the train, just almost like oh, this, just to see how easy it could be to have a functioning rail system. Yeah. And Wales is absolutely appalling, right? So that's one thing we need to sort out. You've also said airports in Wales need proper links to major hubs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so regular flights from Cardiff, you know, to Terminal Five, Heathrow. You said perhaps. I I, I think I, if I said that. Scrub it out because I don't, I wouldn't do that anymore. Okay, get rid of what you do instead. Well, I, I I would go to other hubs. I would you know outside of the European Union, North America is our biggest export market, and yet I can't fly from Wales to North America without going from London mm. or Manchester. Yeah, can't go from Bristol anymore. So that's that's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, of course yeah. it is. So if I flew from Cardiff to New York, I can get from New York to anywhere in in a, the continent, yeah, North and South America from JFK. Let's say JFK. Yeah. Why isn't there a flight to JFK? It's it's that's crackers. I have to fly to Dublin yeah. and then from Dublin to JFK, or I have to go to Heathrow or Amsterdam, which is in the wrong direction. So, in your opinion, in your opinion, like why? I mean, Cardiff, you know, the Welsh government owned the airport. What is it? Why isn't there the, that international like element to Cardiff Airport? Is there is there a reason why they they don't do transatlantic flights? Mm, there's no physical or technical reason why they can't. The airport certainly is big, big enough. enough yeah. It can take an A380. Um, I guess they would argue that there's there's not enough demand. That's bonkers. But have they? You know, there's 1.4 million people living within about 30 miles of Cardiff, Cardiff Airport. 1.4 million people. Yeah. So, you know, three or four hundred people must be, you know, reasonably keen to fly to America. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, I used to go to the states all the time. It was really pain ever. You know, having to go, you constantly going back and forth to heat from. It's only, a, it's only a six and a half, seven hour flight anyway. Yeah, sure. And then, you know, spending three hours traveling to Heathrow in the first place yeah, is, is, the teeth, is, is crackers. All right, so that's a really interesting idea, actually. It's something yeah. we could feasibly do, but we don't. For, we don't. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, very fast broadband. Next idea um, has to be rolled out. If you've ever been to, well, anywhere in sort of beyond Swansea, if you see it, you'll know how hard it is to get signal, things like that. Um, yeah. I read a stat the other day that said like Wales has worse broadband connections in Kazakhstan, which is not. I don't like the idea of like making fun of Kazakhstan because it's. Wales Tourisport use that as well. <laughs> Kazakhstan has got oil and gas, so exactly. you know it's easy, if, yeah. if it's not a rich country now, it will be. It will be very soon, yeah. So you said it's as essential as roads these days. Yeah, yeah. broadbands. So if I've got really really high speed internet access. I don't need to travel to work if I do a you know a sit down office job. Um, I could be working from home. I could have very high speed, you know, or, or an office near my home. Um, Mark Hooper would be very pleased. Is this all about you wanting just to, you just want to work from home? So it's a big, a big lolly look. Yeah. yeah. 
But you know, if, if you're a software if you're a software guy in 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 I say Palace every time, but let's say you're Palace getting sleeted. If you well no, if you're a software guy in Palace and you've come up with a good idea and you say, right, you know, I'm, I'm gonna write this piece of software and I want to run it on some big servers and I want really, really fast connection, you know, you should have it. But why haven't you got it then? Because it costs a lot of money to put down. Mm-hmm. And although the Welsh government have invested in, you know, a hell of a lot of money with British Telecom to put it down, you know, we are, you know, we're not, we're not there yet. What's the uh, schedule? I don't know. Because maybe once, I mean, I've got to be honest, I mean, it's... And when they say super fast broadband, it's not what South Korea thinks is super fast <laughs> broadband, which is like, you know, unbelievably fast. Yeah. So it's okay, average, fast, broadband. Yeah, yeah. It's alright, right, medium. It's okay. Fast. Yeah, it's, it's good enough for you know sky. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, I always used to say whenever you drive through sort of rural, not no offense to rural Wales, but rural Wales or, or indeed any rural area, I always thought like bloody hell, like I'd have to have fast internet if I lived here because I wouldn't know what yeah. not to do. I mean, what am I going to do? Read? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, Walk. Yeah. Uh, all right. Energy generation. Yes. We already create twice as much electricity here in Wales than we use. Yeah. You said we need to create much more. Yes. Industry needs affordable, stable electricity. And as a priority, the Welsh Government should be given the right to sign off large energy creation projects. Well, the Wales Bill, a, a cap was put on 350 <laughs> megawatts. And I questioned that when it was going through. And I said, well, why would we put a cap at all? Who's, who's, who put the cap on it? Silk Commission did. Why? Good, good question. Ask them wasn't a rational answer um, for instance if we build if we build a Swansea lagoon yeah. it would be under 350 megawatts yeah. so the Welsh government can sign it off if we built one the, the one they plan in Cardiff yeah. it would be over 350 megawatts and permission for that one would have to come from um, from Whitehall uh, that's nuts it is yeah? uh, that, that's, that's just that's just treating us like kids really treating us like kids you know what they should say is Right, if you want to build a nuclear power station, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe the UK government should consult with all the, the countries in the UK, yeah? But it shouldn't be based on, on how much capacity it's generating, it should be how it's generating the electricity. You should drop that in as well, for, for, for any clarification on the Wales bill, go back and listen to the one we did with Richard Jones. Oh, I could what do what a whole piece on Wales bill, honestly. Well, we'll do another one. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> um, really disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, as you said, I mean, if you can provide cheap energy energy to industry, yeah, this will be an excellent. It's a big draw for businesses for yeah, huge domestic businesses from if, if someone because that offsets costs, doesn't it? It does. It does. So you're not paying so much for electricity yeah. and things like that. I mean, that, Tata Steel's um, electricity bill is absolutely enormous. Mm. But if you could say, right, we, we're going to be able to generate a lot of renewable electricity, you know, using renewable sources. I mean, that's the beauty of the sun and the moon, yeah, and wind. Good old sun. Moon. Yeah. It, it, wind. It's not. There's no fuel, is there? No. There's no fuel. It's the sun's going to be there for another six billion years. And, and the moon's the moon's going to continue to rotate the Earth for longer than you and I are going to be alive. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is yeah. very, very slowly. Yeah. But you know, for, four centimeters a year, yeah. I think. Just, just give it away. <laughs> Bye. For the next four billion years, we'll be probably about. We'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be all right, and still alive. 
here's some right here's something uh, you keep coming back to you t- you touched on it earlier when we talked about research and development educating the next generation of engineers and scientists you said um, we have to provide a highly skilled workforce mm-hmm. for industry and obviously you know if I'm involved in education that's if you read any sort of Welsh policy document it that's all anyone talks about is creating a skilled workforce and you said we must generate more Wales trained engineers and scientists you know paid for by the Welsh government so you're focusing on engineering and science okay so is that that's because we've got a shortage okay so how do you, how do you we, encourage that then well we what we used to do was have grants and pay for yeah uh, and, and you know we used to have grants and we didn't have to pay tuition fees mm. so if you did your education 20 years ago we went to university 20 years ago we'd have had a you know, reasonable maintenance grant and he wouldn't have paid any fees i mean it's now go to university you know you'll end up with a 40 40 50 quid sorry 40 50 thousand yeah, quid so, yeah. bill you know, yeah. that's enough to buy a, a house yeah these and these up uh, in, you know up in the valley you can buy a house for that but it's great isn't it you know the tuition fee hikes put in place by the very generation that got yeah, their education for free. For free. Yeah, yeah thanks very much. It's a, you know, that's, um, a, that's 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 a crime. That is. I'm be paying mine off till the day I die. The Chinese governments and the Indian governments recognised twenty odd years ago that those two countries and you know the big big countries didn't have enough scientists and engineers. So they said, right, we're going to make sure that we do. So they're way ahead of us. You know, and the UK has one of the lowest levels of science, scientists and engineers in, in, in the world in comparison to, you know, our nearest competitors, Germany. And, and what America does is import them, don't they? Yeah, of course. Well, maybe not under Trump, but they used to. <laughs> deport them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> deport um, so, I mean, so one of the practical steps would be, would you subsidise yeah. these courses? But not, I mean, I, obviously you need science um, and engineering to grow the economy, but... but we also need to subsidise, you know, medical places, you yes. know, uh, nursing, um, teaching, things like that. All these yes. sort of things. Um, there may, there is an issue of unfairness. Then, you know, as a sociologist, I'd be moaning naturally. You know, why aren't people subsidising me to, you know, do an ethnography of this, whatever, and that? But I do understand the need to subsidise these courses. That that would be a great practical step. I, I I think moving to you know, you know, people say the reason why we we can't afford. Um, to pay for higher education anymore as we did on a state level yeah. is because a lot more than 5% of people go to university yeah, masterification now. of higher education yeah so 45% or 50% go to university now it used to be 5% okay that's that, that's sort of fair enough but it doesn't have to cost 50k does it no that's it the point. and degrees don't have to last three years no, they don't. Considering you're only in university for 18 months in total, generally speaking. We tend to think of America as being a very expensive place to go to university. You know, if you go to Harvard, it's, you know, it's a couple of hundred, couple of, couple of hundred K dollars. But their, their state-level university, mm. you can go for free. You, know? you, can go to, you can go to university in Germany for free. Yeah, I remember and we're the, competing against that. I remember the German students kicked off, didn't they, when it was like... There's a proposal to like hike up, to make them pay something like five hundred euros, like yeah. I, I, so either a term or in total. Yeah. And it was like you know people up in arms, like as if we would pay that. You know, and we're obviously paying. You know, some kids now paying what nine grand a year, and yeah. obviously the Russell Group are working on removing those caps so they can basically charge people whatever they want for 
I mean, we won't get into the sort of the, the quality of that education and whether it's worth the money. Um, it's not. I'm not proof. Okay, so consider paying for the course. But as you said earlier, there also needs to be supply, doesn't it? So, like you know, if you, as you said, if you're growing up as a young boy in Wrexham, you know, you know, you have to have a if you want to do engineering, you should have the option to engineering somewhere near you. Yeah. So my you dad, the dad used to. My dad went to the tech. Yeah. So what my dad did was an apprenticeship, an engineering apprenticeship with the, the local tech, which is now going to yeah. university. So he did a, a sandwich course where he did, I was going to say, just learn to make sandwiches. But <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd get there before you. But, so he spent six, six months in industry and yeah. then he'd spend six months in the classroom. Yeah. And um, and then you know and did that for a number of years and at the end of it he had he was a chartered engineer he was a proper bona fide chartered engineer didn't have to pay yeah. to do it and you know, I'd like to see more courses like that in Wales now so if I've got you know buckets of cash and I go to university and I can pay or, or I can cover the loans after I leave okay but if I can't I can do a good engineering course and, and degree that way with you know in partnership with an employer like Sony or G or whoever you know, I, I, I think it's a very very valid way of, of getting a very good education okay next we're flying through it now right and I think we, we, we you know we, by the end of this we're going to solve the Welsh economic Again. crisis which is good is great Again. Yeah. <laughs> um, right you said lower incorporation tax to support Welsh manufacturing and this I think is one of the most controversial yeah items on the list. Uh, you said that you know, corporation tax is unlikely to be devolved completely to Wales. Um, I've not checked, is it? Well, the Silk Commission said that if either Northern Ireland or Scotland were given powers over corporation tax, Wales should be. If your older brother and sister are allowed to do it. Yeah, you should that's <laughs> exactly. Northern Ireland has been given powers over corporation tax now, and yet it's not in the Wales Bill. Interesting. Interesting. Um, well, what was proposed at the time by, again by, by Jerry Holtham was that varying corporation tax would be in line with how much lower than the UK average we are with GBA. Okay. So if we're like if we're twenty four percent lower than the UK average, then you could only vary corporation tax by, you know, that amount. And as the economy improved, then that would close. So, all right, again, why, so why do you need a lower, corporation, a lower corporation tax? Why do you need a lower corporation tax? Well, as you know, businesses in, in Europe can seem to just about pay any corporation tax they want. Mm. If they don't want to pay corporation tax in the UK, they say, right, we'll up sticks. Mm. We'll stick the headquarters in Luxembourg yeah. and we'll pay sod all there. And um, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, we'll move the business to Switzerland in some in some very very low tax area, Zug, Z U G area of yeah. Canton, very very so low cost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, so what you're saying is, you know, by lower incorporation tax, that would allow Wales to sort of compete with these other areas and attract these big businesses. Yeah, Ireland, Scotland, a relatively low corporation. Very tax. low. The argument, you know, isn't the argument there that you're incentive the counter argument rather, you're incentivizing big companies uh, to come in who will then sort of move out anyway. So, aren't you? I guess it would that not sort of perpetuate Wales's reliance on that foreign direct investment. 
Um, Again, a lot of people, for example, the SNP have always, like, one of the big things between Labour and SNP in Scotland, isn't it, that SNP is low, wants lower corporation tax in general, and that's one of the things that Labour say, this is unsocialist, blah, blah, giving tax cuts for these big companies and things like that. And there is, you know, I, you know I, as a socialist, I am uneasy, definitely uneasy with the idea of low corporation tax, but um, I'm okay to be persuaded, so what do you reckon? It's a, it's, you know, as I said, I wrote, wrote that three years ago. Um, one, we won't be allowed to do it, so it's, it's, it's irrelevant. Yeah. It's absolutely mute. <laughs> it's totally mute. So we, may, you know, yeah. um, we won't be allowed to do it. You know, we're not even allowed to, to raise uh, airport duty, are we? So, mm. I mean, it's, it's a moot point. Mm. But if you, could, if you could attract Apple, mm. Apple's European operation is in Ireland. Yeah. And, and they have about 6,000 people working there. If you could move that to, to Wales, yeah. because you lowered the corporation tax, then the Welsh economy's G, you know, GDP would jump up overnight. Yeah. Because you would be attracting very, very large corporations to put their headquarters into into Wales, and GDP would jump up very quickly. And although the corporation tax um, percent would be lower, your tax take, yeah, would be much higher because you would be attracting businesses here. So it's offset, basically. Yeah. So that's yeah, that, yeah. I think that's the issue that I so was, was most interested in. What's more important is it the what's more important is it the percentage that you're charging yeah. on corporation tax or how much money you're generating from it. You know, I might have 40, 50, 60% corporation tax rate and that might make me feel, you know, socially, you know, oh, it's a socialist thing to do, have a 60%. But if I'm generating no corporation tax on there because everybody's moved their headquarters out of Wales, that's nuts. You know, it's, it's got to be how much money am I generating? Because I can do something with that. I can't do anything with a you know, statistic that says you know sixty percent corp tax, but I can do something with the revenue it's generating. Well, you certainly showed me there. Yeah, <laughs> take that, you yeah, um, socialist. All right, so the yeah, next thing. I'm not saying I'm not, not you know I'm I no, I I agree okay because at the end of the day it can be a race to the bottom. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, right. that is a major problem. So I'm going to argue against myself now by saying it could be a race to the bottom. But that's that's. So if Ireland says, "Oh right, they're ten percent, yeah. we better be nine percent," yeah. and everybody goes do 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 do, and then ends up no one generates any corporation tax. So. But that's yeah. the problem, is it? Because there will always be somewhere cheaper. Yeah. You, you can't win in that scenario as as like you know forthright as you want to be and as you know. But as you say, it has to be in tandem with other things like transport infrastructure and things like that so yeah. if people are looking at you're not going to move somewhere maybe just because there's a like Somalia or something yeah I mean, would, would companies move somewhere if there's an incredibly low rate of corporation tax if nothing else is in place or well, does it have to be considered with everything they've, they've you know a lot of businesses a lot of hedge funds in Europe have moved to Malta mm. yeah. because of the because of the, because the because of the, 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 the tax and not just the tax but the legislation in Malta um, a lot of companies move to you know, a lot of money moved to Dubai. Mm. Yeah. Singapore. Singapore's got relatively low tax rates, certainly for, for businesses moving to, to Singapore. Who knows, you know, maybe fast forward 100 years and Wales is like a new Singapore, you know, a high-tech place with like... Well, do you know, my wife's Singaporean. She's oh, Singaporean right. national, so I've been to Singapore quite a few times. And uh, one of the things that you... You tend to think of Singapore as this highly dynamic... Um, 
you know, very capitalist society. Yeah. However, 85% of housing in Singapore is owned by the state. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> Which yeah. is a, you know, that's a hugely socialist thing to do. Capitalist hellhole. With affordable, affordable housing. <laughs> affordable housing. Also, they have, you know, a massive, massive sovereign fund. Mm. Yeah. Not, not made from oil and gas, but, you know, just, it's a huge pension fund. So in Singapore, you have enforced um, savings. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you pay your sort of national insurance, you pay your income tax. <laughs> I, I need that, like, definitely. Someone enforcing me. <laughs> and, and you, and you have clothes. enforced savings calls, you know, pension. And then that money goes into this huge sovereign fund called uh, Temasek. And it owns very large stakes in businesses in Singapore. That's interesting. I'd like to see that here. Interesting idea. So uh, that's in the updated recipe. That is very much in the For the 2017 edition. That is, yeah, with a bit of sprinkle on the top. That Pre- is. Preface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, so building up the GVA of Welsh agriculture is next. Yeah. You know, we are, you know, we've got more of an agricultural sort of base than other parts of the UK, haven't we? We do. Um, you know, you said that it's a pretty interesting start. Despite the fact we've got 77% of Wales' total land area being used for agriculture, it only counts for 1% of the Welsh GVA. Obviously, which that seems inefficient. Room for improvement. Mm. Um, you said France creates two percent of its GDP from uh, GDP, not GDA, from agriculture. Um, so you said farming in Wales must move towards more value-added food production. Um, I've seen successfully with some Welsh farm-based cheese, meat, and beer manufacture. Mm. Collier's cheese. Yeah, Collier's. Get the regular yeah. shout out in it. Yeah. No, Give us money. I, I think I have. This, I don't know. Probably have. So, and you said, you know, it's a responsibility on the Welsh population to promote, buy, and eat locally sourced food, support homegrown food and drink industry. By doing that, you're supporting farming industry and yeah. helping it grow. Yeah, I mean, the type of farming we have in Wales is upland, so mm. it's typically livestock farming. We don't grow crops particularly well. We grow, we grow animals. Yeah. <laughs> we grow, grow animals. animals. I mean, we, we do grow some crops here. I mean, mm. there's, there's crops near where I live now where the yeah. Red Row are going to build a load of houses. And Calvin Jones is, well, what you were saying, he's growing some crops in there, Gunnar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Homegrown. Yeah. All right, so we grow, it's, it's mainly livestock. But it's mainly livestock, you know, sh- sh- sheep and cattle. Okay. In order to get you know, GBA from agriculture up, we need to be either producing value-added products from from meat yeah and companies up in north wales it seems edwards edwards uh, are making more and more sausages and burgers and things like that and that's quite a lot of value adding that okay um now if you go to you go to your local co-op this is something that really i don't get at all is if you buy steak from co-op from hereford it's a lot more expensive than steak from wales why is that? Why is it, you know, we're talking, what's the difference? Well, yeah, 30, 30 or 40 miles? It is Wales, really, isn't it? I can't yeah. say as well. Well, it's the, it's the Welsh marshes, but why is it more expensive? And if, because it's more expensive, it means that farmer's getting more money. The other thing that we're not doing so well in Wales is, is that um, our milk production is much higher than, than in France. So in France, the milk that's pr- produced only a small proportion of that goes towards um, milk. Mm. Most of it goes towards making cheese and butter and cream. Yeah, yeah. Crafty French. But in but in Wales, fifty percent of our milk ends up as 
milk yeah. and the other 50% turns into cheese. Well, we could be making more cheese and cream and, and that's the value add bit. Okay. Yeah. So the value add is making the cheese and... Taking the raw yeah. milk and making it into... Yogurt and cheese and... Whey powder. Doing more. Yeah, yeah whey powder. Whey powder. I mean, the, the French do a lot of whey powder. make a fortune on the whey powder. But they're also sort of skinny. Like, they sell it. Though. Yeah, sell they sell it. Sell it to... to the valleys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sell it back. Um, all right, so... I think, I mean, so much to think about there and so many awesome ideas. We, what we want to do, we want to set you up for future episodes here. So yeah, what are the other things? So, so what are the other things that, if you had to think about, return to your list now, what would be the things that you would talk about? What would be the things that you would add to this list? Well, one of the things I would probably say is that there's too much of a focus on STEM subjects, so science, technology, and engineering. Um, and... I didn't focus enough on the creative arts. I mean, if you look at automation, that's coming, and we'll talk about it later. Um, the jobs that will be secured are the, the creative ones. You know, the creative academic, the you know, the writers, the script writers, the actors, the musicians. Those those jobs won't go. People will still want to go and see bands. Yeah. You know, and uh, still want to see you know classical concerts and watch TV and films. So, you know, we're pretty strong on the creative arts in Wales, so, we, you know, we should be encouraging that. For instance, um, there's a, a music fund that's just been set up in Wales, right? So, to provide more music lessons to Welsh kids. The yeah. fund, yeah, you say, you say, yeah, that's good. They're only putting about a million quid in it. Yeah, which is nothing really, is it? It's 200,000 primary school kids in Wales. It's a lot of recorders. Yeah. That, and that's about all they're going to get. Yeah. They're going to get about five quid a five quid each now if you've ever paid for music lessons you know it costs a lot more than five quid so, I don't understand mean, because a million pounds is, is pocket is, is pocket money for the Welsh government like they, they put millions of pounds was it that they gave three millions to that company that went yeah bust recently um, so I don't understand why you I, I don't know I don't know why you'd give so, so so little to such a worthy worthy cause I don't know either I, you know, when I when I was a kid you know in the 1870s <laughs> I, you know, I had my I had my guitar. I have a loot. I'm a guitar lesson. I'm a guitar lesson for free. You know, I went to school with my guitar, and you know, and and, and uh, the lessons were free up yeah. until a certain age. Yeah. Now you'd have to pay, and a lot of money too. What about nationalising Weatherspoons <laughs> and Greg's? <laughs> Throw a curveball at you. <laughs> Well, why Weatherspoons? Why don't you just nationalise brains? Yeah, okay. Yeah? Is that a... Why not? Why not? Forcibly collectivised all farms. No, I just... Um, but, you know, but, <laughs> all but, cheap bakeries. But, because you know, Jenkins, Greg's... Yeah, There's a Welsh but, author, Islin Folk Ellis from Wrexham, who wrote a really good book about the... Um, about communism in Wales in the 1920s. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I might have that, actually. But now... An only saviour and... and those books, they're really quite something, actually. Did he foresee nationalisation of bakeries? Like, no. Of all non, I mean, you know, if you can't he, he wrote another good book about two visions of Wales, actually. Yeah. Oh, was that the one that was yeah. funded by Clyde Cymru? It was just propaganda, basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't hear that one. Yeah, yeah, so it was just one of them was, was like West England, and the other one was a uh, was an independent Wales. Well, that's the interesting. That's uh, a really good parallel one. because that's exactly what the discussion yeah. was yesterday. Are we going to be like Wangland or are we going to be an independent Wales? Indeed. Right. 
Take it. Thank you so much for coming on. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant episode. Yeah, Are there any sure. shout outs that you would um, like to make? Hooper. Mark Hooper. He's always an inspirational guy. Mark My Hooper. wife, Rada. Um, everybody in Wales who's, you know, wants us to be far better than where we are now. Everyone working at the coalface. Yeah. yeah. Thinking Brilliant. about it and not just thinking about, you know, the, the next night out and what they're going to spend their money on. Yeah. Great show. Nice. I'm going to forego my shout out and I'm going to read a, um, a dating profile of this right wing guy from America, which I thought was really good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so his, his name is Patriot Pony 986. So he's got a little self summary and he says, I'm a proud conservative American and brony, a male My Little Pony fan. You put that in brackets, I, I didn't breathe that. I work very hard. Um, to include the philosophy of Ayn Rand within the framework of tolerance and love espoused by Pink Pie and friends. I'm something of an intellectual, as most men who read Ayn Rand and like My Little Pony are, yeah. and would love to discuss politics or cartoons with some pony, that's his pun, not mine, near me in the future. Please understand if we meet, I am the man in the relationship. What's he doing with his life? You know, just in case, you're like, that sounds interesting. What's he up to? Um, he says, I'm trying to finish the first draft of my ebook entitled Serfdom in, Equest- in Equestria, an expose on the liberal agenda slowly er- eroding freedom in the My Little Pony universe. Interesting. And he says, I'm really good at fashion, and this is Fedora, so just to kind of cement how good at fashion he is. What I don't get is why, why you chose Patriot Pony 1986 as your username. <laughs> <laughs> So people know that I love my country and my little pony in equal measures. I'm sure he's going to clean up. He's going to do very well, I think. Did you read the other thing? It was um, something on Twitter, and it was like problems with this is this is they were like this is why the left wing lose, and it was like it was like a left wing dating site, which is split into four over ideological differences about the Spanish. Oh yeah, yeah. so that yeah, <laughs> which is absolutely classic. Yeah, um, yeah. Patient going to come in and clean all that up though. Shout out to me, the usual. To my homie Graham, also to Hugh and Hugh and Mara yesterday for organising the um, the little uh, talk I did in the Senate. Shout out to Jason Mohammed for, for actually having that debate on independence in Wales. Shout out to the family, peace and love. Right. Thank you very much for listening. We are growing exponentially. Yeah. You know, day by day, we keep getting. A sh- oh, yeah. Shout, out to, shout out to Hugh Stevens as well for giving us a bump. Thank you, Hugh. Yeah, we're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Keep, uh, you know, keep listening, keep retweeting, uh, keep promoting us, keep telling your friends. And one day we will be bought out and maybe we will become a nice, small to medium-sized enterprise. Maybe Desolation Radio and Sons. In uh, Luxembourg. Yeah. Yeah. See you next time. All right, Bye. Tara, bye. Preteen with a predator head Trying to fit in wherever she goes Preteen with a predator head Growing up and stuff like everyone else Preteen with a predator head to make up should I use they don't carry greens and teals preteen predator head preteen with the predator head how do I talk with the boys preteen with the predator head does everyone